You are listening to the You Are a Lawyer podcast. I am the podcast host, Kyla Denano, a 2015 law school graduate. This podcast was created to share the experiences and successes of law school graduates who created their own paths to career success. In episode 36, I am speaking with an entrepreneur, professor, and lawyer. This guest uses his research background to fight corporations with his company, Settle Shark. Based in Tallahassee, Florida, today's guest is David Orozco. Welcome to the podcast, David. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. So you and I connected on Twitter, which is a great platform. There are a ton of lawyers on there. I know a little bit about you, but would you share your story and some of your background with the audience? Sure. Sure. Happy to do that. Now, this might take a, a little bit just because <laughs> it's a little bit, you know, windy here and there, but I'm originally from San Diego, went to NYU undergrad for Stern uh, Finance and Economics, Worked in banking for a few years, but, you know, my last year in college, I took a course called Civil Liberties with Professor Peter V. Rush Singh. He was a political science professor and taught us civil liberties, and that just was mind-blowing to me. So I went to law school. I went to Northwestern, had an amazing time, had a Wall Street law firm job offer my last year of law school. And... My last year of law school, I just took a class called Intellectual Capital Management at the Kellogg School, co-taught with law professor Clint Francis, uh, Kellogg professor James Conley and and Clint Francis. I was in there with MBA students. We wrote a paper on Ticketmaster that eventually became an article that I got published recently, actually. And I decided to just drop the Wall Street life and said, no, I'm going to work with these two brilliant minds. And lo and behold, I applied and got a research fellowship at the Kellogg School's Center for Research and Technology and Innovation and worked under Dr. Conley and several other people for three years. So I was for three years a a scholar, basically, in residence at at the business school doing uh, research on intellectual property management. Then I got my first teaching job at Michigan Tech's School of Business and Economics in the Upper Peninsula. And after three years, I decided to find sunnier weather and move to Tallahassee, where now I am the Bank of America Professor of Business Administration in the College of Business. Okay. Congratulations on being published. Um, oh, that article you. that you wrote. Thank you so much. Yeah. I know that is not which are which article are you are you are you mentioning? Ticketmaster. Oh yes, that article. I'm so proud of that article. I was just talking to somebody the other day about it and telling them that it's probably one of the articles I am most proud of in my career to the, to date. I mean, you've been working on it for a number of years. Oh, it's since law school. Yeah, so that was the thesis or the paper we wrote. Me and two MBA students working as a team that we wrote for our final grade. We chose Ticketmaster. The seed was planted in my brain to research that company even more and figure out their strategy for, with contracts. And lo and behold, I was able to get you know some, some really good data and interviews and publish this article. And it came out in Business Horizons, which is a fantastic article for practitioners who want to get cutting edge business insights. And uh, I've loved it. It's been a great process working with them. They're right out of Indiana University Business School, the Kelly School is published there. And uh, yeah, and I love that article. It's just a really great article, I think. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out. Yeah. So with that legal background, did you prefer to teach at the College of Business or? They were the ones who really embraced me. Okay. 
again, I was doing a research fellowship at the Kellogg School of Management, not at the law school. Mm, okay. but I was already immersed in business thinking at the, okay. cutting, at the cutting edge. And I did not really want to focus so much on the law so much as I wanted to focus on how people were using the law. Yeah. To achieve competitive advantage, to win its strategy. And that just completely like changed my perspective. And actually it led to a book that was launched, I believe, last year, published by McGraw-Hill called Business Launch Strategy that I co-authored with Sean Melvin and Enrique Guerra Pujo. Um, and that's a, a widely available textbook for undergraduate students that's doing quite well. And now it's okay. moving into its second edition, actually. That's excellent. I was really interested in seeing that you were a textbook author. I actually worked at McGraw-Hill right before I went to law school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in their applied college and career readiness department. So I was like, oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I work with a great team based out of Chicago, actually, but all over the country, too. You know, yeah, okay. and they're fantastic. Very professional group. Mm-hmm. And so how was that process? Where did you and the other authors, did you pitch the idea? Did they come to you and ask you to, to help? How does that work? Yeah. So, you know, I I built up a name over the years in the business law and strategy area. Okay. And I was a well-known researcher in that area and, and folks approached me for all kinds of stuff. And this was one of those projects where the publisher was interested in a new product that would differentiate the subject of business law as it's taught to undergraduate business majors. Mm -hmm. And we said, Hey, we can do this, right? We have a way. We have research frameworks. I had written quite a bit already on launch strategy, so it was pretty natural for me. And I'd been teaching it for years. Right? Yeah. Teaching it, so I had a lot of material. Okay. So you're from San Diego, mm-hmm. but then you went to NYU for undergrad, Illinois for law school. Northwestern. Um, yes. And now you're in Florida. Florida <laughs> All State. over the country. Okay. Florida State University. Okay. All right. Go big North. fan of Northwestern. I went to Ohio State, so I'm a big, big 10. Oh, fan. yeah. Oh, yeah. So this civil liberties course that you took at NYU, was that just an elective? Just something you took for fun? It's so funny. It's another one of these courses that I took mainly because we had to satisfy an ethics requirement. Okay. And civil liberties was one of the options. And it was mm-hmm. in the political science department. So I went over there. I was the only you know, business student there. I had never really read Supreme Court decisions un- unedited. Mm-hmm. And that's all we did all semester. And I was lost the whole time. But I loved it. And I stuck it out and did pretty well. And Professor Raj Singh wrote me a letter for law school. And um, yeah, and then I went to Northwestern. But that's, that's where I really learned to love the law was through that class. Okay. But you said you were reading these unedited courses, completely lost, but you loved it. Right. How did you love the challenge? I was, I was you love this new language. What? I was scared. I was like, okay. I was like, all these other people sound so much smarter than me. Yeah. You know what? They are smarter than me right now. You know, <laughs> they know some of this stuff. I have no mm-hmm. clue what this is. That's the crazy thing about law school and legal courses. You're always looking at the other person like, how do you know so much? And someone's probably looking at you thinking the same way. (laughs) Absolutely. So I have to ask. (laughs) Yes, go ahead. Were you the kid who like had the lemonade stand, (laughs) was selling cookies and brownies? Like, have you always been business minded? This is uh, a great question. So yeah, yeah, I have. 
you went to school and studied business and then you went to law school, but you also were working with the school of management. Right. And then you teach business law. You wrote a textbook. You've started a business, which we'll get to a little bit later. Yeah. And I get it from my father, really. My father, you know, an entrepreneur to the core and his mother, an entrepreneur (laughs) to the core. So I'm pretty sure I got it from him, you know, and it was always about negotiating, you know, trying to find information, right? All these powerful things, right, that that can help you advance. And yeah, I've always looked at things from those eyes when it comes to business, right? All right. So your love of the law and your intrigue by it started when you were at business school. Did you have any expectations for law school? Um, I knew it was going to be hard. You know, I knew it. I had heard and spoken to some lawyers and all that. And just from that one course, Civil Liberties, I I knew it was going to be challenging. So that was my main expectation. I didn't realize it was going to be as fun as it was, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Um, I definitely, you got to give us more details on that. (laughs) Hey, listen, listen, I formed a core group of friends that were all still connected and friends. Yeah. And we just hung out and had a great time. And Northwestern was, you know, uh, a very elite school, but it didn't mm-hmm. have that reputation of being a cutthroat place. Yeah. And our class size was, I think, like 210 students. So it was okay. really small. Yeah, All we had right. a great time. So, I mean, were you on student government? Were you on planning committees or you just loved <laughs> the rigor of it? Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> there was a weekly social event. Mm-hmm. called Bar Review. <laughs> so most Great name. Us, most of us would attend that weekly uh, social event. I did serve on one of those specialty law journals. It was the Northwestern Journal of International Law and Business. Okay. And that was great. Working with those folks was really good. That again exposed me to kind of editorial roles and stuff like that. Editing, being detail-oriented, you know, that was good. So it seems like you had a pretty simple transition into academia. I mean, you had this job offer with a firm on Wall Street and you were like, I kind of like this. I kind of like where I am. What is it about academia that you enjoy so much? The exploration. You mm-hmm. know? Like literally, that's your job. Your job is to explore, right? And that's what drew me into it. I love exploring. That's, that's what did it. <laughs> So the exploration piece, is that what drew you to become the editor-in-chief of the American Business Law Journal? In some ways, in some ways, yeah. That role that I'm currently uh, fulfilling right now is, is a challenging role. And I mean, at first it was just kind of really digging deep into the research and helping authors format their articles and strengthen their articles and manage that process with the authors, very direct, which was good. You know, that was really good. But now, you know, I'm, I'm basically, you know, in a role where I'm kind of managing other people, you know, manage people. And it's like, you see a much bigger picture with that role, with this editorship. But yeah, it's been good. And it's been good in terms of exploration, for sure. You know, I, I really don't regret it. It's been a huge commitment. Mm-hmm. It's been like a six-year commitment so far. Okay. And a lot of work throughout those six years. And in fact, it takes a toll on your research, right? Because you don't have so much time anymore to really explore, right? In fact, my exploring had to get cut back because I was doing this job. And that was actually one of my questions. How do you find time for everything? Because you're in this role. You're also teaching. Right. The time. Are you sleeping? Is it all the weekends? (laughs) People people ask me if I sleep. I sleep. I sleep. Definitely. I get eight hours probably on average. 
Um, on average a night, on average a week? <laughs> no, no, a night, a night, a night. Okay. A night. So I think it's a combination of things. One is you figure like shortcuts. Mm-hmm. And some of that means you might have to, you know, hire somebody to do something, you know? So okay. for example, working on the journal, you need to have RAs, really highly qualified RAs. And we're even thinking down the road of hiring somebody dedicated to do some of this stuff because we've reached that level. And, you know, for many of us, we just have really competent RAs that are super detail oriented, that are super reliable, you know, and then you review their work, but they really definitely help, right? RA is a research assistant? Right. Okay. So is the American Business Law Journal its own entity? It's like its own business? It's actually under the Academy of Legal Studies and Business. Okay. Which is a great organization nonprofit academic organization for faculty members at any level that want to or that currently teach law in business schools or non-law school environments, basically, but it's mainly business schools. And that's the academy that I belong and that I am very active in. And yeah, so the journal is published through them. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. I don't think, I mean, I know about the ABA and I know that they have a number of different publications, but I hadn't heard of this one. So yeah, pretty cool. Thank you. Okay. And so you actually never set for bar exam. You knew once you had made up your mind that you weren't going to take that Wall Street job, that you had no interest in it. How was that decision? Yeah, I think I'm the only person from my graduating (laughs) class at Northwestern class of 2004 that never once sat for the bar. Okay. That's pretty taboo. I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, look, I went the academic route and then I thought, okay, right now it's just not my interest because I'm exploring. Then I got my first teaching job and that was so time consuming and Mm -hmm. track, you know, publish or perish. Then I went to Florida State and then that kind of continued. And then after a while, I was just like, well, am I ever going to sit for the bar? Maybe, maybe down the road. I don't know. I mean, if you're enjoying your career and nothing will be gained from you passing, you know, there's absolutely uh, no reason that you have to, but I love that you're always open to it. Yeah, I am open to it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So let's discuss your most recent business venture, which is Settle Shark LLC. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. So Settle Shark is a company that assists consumers and small business owners with efficiently resolving their consumer disputes. So this is an arbitration company? Kind of. Yeah, okay. but ma- mainly what it is, it's, is it's a you know consumer resource activist and awareness tool to help the average consumer in America realize, A, that they have rights, mm-hmm. and B, that they should act on them, right? Because companies are oftentimes, you know, using their leverage to gain advantage and it's at your expense in a way that's not fair. So yeah. the three examples that I provide on YouTube for Settle Shark's channel is the the scenario of a car rental company that claimed that we were liable and we were not, um, a moving company, and also an insurance company, and how I use demand letters to literally either get back or save, you know, a little more than $6,000 total from those mm. two. Yeah, yeah. And what and was it, your motivation to create? Settle exactly, Shark? exactly. So then, so then I thought to myself, like, well, I mean, you know, this isn't that complicated and <laughs> individuals really need to, you know, use this, I think, for their advantage and just to be better off, you know, and, and understand what's going on. 
And it just really surprised me and shocked me that this was like some kind of secret that was, you know, only available to certain people. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, there has to be something that can be done or something better, you know, and that was the origin of, of Settle Shark was just that kind of idea. Okay. So you didn't see anything better and you were like, I can create this. Well, I have, uh, you know, uh, you know, colleague who's, who's my, my partner, uh, Lonnie. And he's a, an incredible programmer, has been a programmer for many years. And we talked on the phone and he said, yeah, we can, we can design this, you know? So it took two years to develop, um, okay. you know, bootstrapping it. And um, yeah, so it took two years and we launched uh, two months ago almost. Yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I know when you own a business, you're in charge of hiring and developing, like you said, software and also this YouTube channel. What are you hoping to get from that? Just exposure and kind of marketing for Settle Shark? Yeah, definitely. We're on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube right now. Okay. And YouTube, I think is going to be important just to kind of, you know, keep people informed about what it is that we're doing and talking about. I think it's going to be a little more personal too, in terms of education. So I'll put on my professor hat and say, okay, this is what a demand letter is. Let's go through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Or am I going to get sued? You know, th- things like that. Right. Um, that are just more educational too, I think. And, and that hopefully drive engagement and awareness. Yeah. And I think that's necessary, right? People who've gone to law school or either know a lot of lawyers are hundred percent familiar with demand letters, mm-hmm. but most people aren't. You know, so I love that you're just educating people. And then if they happen to also need the services of Settle Shark, you're there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, education will be key. And in fact, uh, one of the great ideas that we got from a, from a former classmate of mine, actually, when we were talking on the phone was that we should probably partner up with law school clinics and maybe people that are doing pro bono services and see how we could work together. Because that's really the goal is to, you know, promote awareness and education as well. Yeah. Is Settle Shark the first business that you opened? It is. Oh my goodness, this is great. (laughs) Double congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) And did you bring in your partner, Lonnie, because you knew that you needed a different perspective or you just wanted to go through this with someone else? Well, really it was the technology, right? Um, The fact that I can maybe hire somebody to do this, but if I did, it would cost a ton of money, right? Mm -hmm. So it's complicated stuff. I mean, there's, there's a, a lot of code actually that goes into it. Yeah. And it's smart. Cause now when you partner with someone, you guys can share the equity or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So well, I typically ask people, do you think you'll run the business forever? But you're like just starting. This is your baby, baby. It's a baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it's a baby, baby. Yeah. We're living day by day at this point, really. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So David, I only have one other question here. I know that you enjoyed law school, but I have a number of law students and emerging lawyers that listen to the podcast. Is there anything that you would say to someone if they're kind of feeling trapped? Are there any words that you would share with them about your experiences after law school? Yeah. I mean, I would say, why did you go to law school? Right. And, Mm -hmm. And start from there. And work with people, right? The whole thing about jobs is I think people focus way too much on like the abstract notion of what a job is or the routines of a job, you know, that kind of stuff, where really it's all about working with people. And if you can figure out how to work with people in creative ways or ways that solve problems, then I think that's a good space. Mm -hmm. So that would be my advice. I love that. 
remember why you went to law school and remember people, right? One of my biggest assets, I think, from having graduated from law school are the people that I know, right? If you need an attorney in Louisiana, I know someone. You need someone in New York, I know someone. You need someone in San Diego. Yes. You can never forget those relationships. And even if I haven't talked to them recently, we're connected on LinkedIn, right? We're in the alumni association. We're somewhere. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's actually really good. Remember people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much, David. Kyla, it was a joy just talking to you. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. This yeah, of course. Fantastic. I love it. <laughs> thank you. You have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye. Thank you for listening to You Are a Lawyer. While you are here, subscribe to the show, leave a rating, and tell a friend about this episode. New episodes are released every other Thursday. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Bye.